Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to 4th and Inches, a Husky podcast. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Jake Grant, Coach V, and UW Leah. There's a lot of things going on around the program. We just had early signing day where people signed their NLI to come to the University of Washington. Um, Kalen DeBoer continues to win every Coach of the Year award under the sun. And I don't know if there's a an award that I'm more proud that this team has won this year than the Joe Moore award after, you know, Leah specifically you and the rest of us as well. And coach the guys that, you know, on this line, uh, the offensive line won the Joe Moore award for the best offensive line unit in the country. I'm, I'm just blown away. Uh, Leah, go ahead. Yeah, I actually had a conversation right after it uh, came down that we got that award with JCAP. Shout out JCAP. I beat you to it tonight, coach. Um, talking about how it's a great problem to have that our players and our coaches are performing at such a high level that they're continuing to raise their stakes of what they're worth. They're raising their paychecks. But the alternative is taking a step back 10 years ago where we're not in the same position that we are right now. We're not getting this recognition. And I'm excited for where the program is headed because no one thought this was going to be possible. We lost so many guys on our line last year. Um, you know, and we lost Mateo and then, you know, early in the season and guard before the season. So if, if you would have told me this at the beginning of the season, I would have told you you were nuts. So um, shout out to Scott, Scott Huff, absolutely worth, everything that we're paying for him and um, what a huge honor, especially with the other teams that we're up against. So super proud of that. Yeah. The the part about it too, is that the fact, the fact that it's an award for not just an individual, this isn't a Heisman award. This is a team award. This is the entire offensive line as a cohesive unit, which shows the fact that the coaching ability has been amazing all season. It's the fact that, these five guys can blend and mesh and work as one unit all season long and and keep what should have been a Heisman winner upright and and winning football games. And and that is a gigantic accomplishment for those guys. And I, I think that they should absolutely celebrate together. I honestly thought that we got robbed last year uh, when we didn't win it because I think it was just because we didn't have a thousand yard rusher. We had... Obviously, we were a passing team, and maybe they just got the reputation of being a pass-blocking offensive line. This year, having to replace the entire interior, as Leah said, you know, Mateo goes down to Michigan State. Parker slides over. Julius and uh, Nate Kalepo step into that interior, and it's like, are we better? <laughs> are we better than we were last year? And the answer is – I. I think so. Yeah. And, you know, this award, you know, I was, you know, this is our last day of school today, running around doing a bunch of million things. And I get in the car and I'm sitting at a traffic light and I, and I just pull up my feed real quick and I see that. And I'm pretty sure everybody at the stoplight heard me with the windows down the top open, just screaming. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. This is so awesome. Who do I talk to first? It's just, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And when you see the trophy, you know, when you watch the video, that is a massive, amazing, majestic trophy that they're going to have to like um, create. We're going to have to have its own case. Yeah, it's going to have its own room, <laughs> like a wing to the trophy room. That thing is impressive. 
And, uh, <clears throat> you know, just hats off to Scott Huff. I mean, the guy who we didn't know if he was going to stick around a couple of years ago, the guy who was actively telling recruits, you should still go to Washington, even if they don't keep me. I mean, he's done everything right. And uh, it's paying off for him now, obviously. Yeah, I think he's making $850,000 this year as a coach. And uh, you're either going to have to give him a massive raise and or a promotion. I don't know what what, what you're going to do. I know that he might want to be an offensive coordinator here in the near future, but uh, I think we've got the best uh, offensive line coach in the conference. Absolutely. And just to jump off of that, this comes on the, you know, about a week after Booger McFarland goes on ESPN and talks <laughs> about how Washington doesn't play big boy football and they play basketball on grass. And all Washington does is they go 13 and 0 and they get the more trophy. So um, yeah, suck it. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was actually going to bring up Booger there because it's uh it is awe inspiring how bad of a take that was. Uh, especially with at the time them being a final four team for that award. Um, I got to tell you the biggest crow I've probably had to eat in the last two or three years was uh, my take on Scott Huff. Uh, we were doing a live space. I didn't realize he was in it. And I was talking about how he was, he whiffed on uh, Josh Connerly um, and the discord blew, uh, started talking about it and people were saying that I was right, but, he immediately got out of that, of that Twitter space and uh, felt really uncomfortable about it. And, you know, that wasn't a problem. Consider him the tree and the branches, the roots were poisoned and seeing him in a competent um, coaching staff really shows what a a real head of the program does. And uh, we really get to see the best of these guys when, the system is healthy. Yeah. And that speaks volumes to your coach of the year as well. Um, recognizing talent and coaching when he got hired and, and, you know, there was a lot of turnover, but to realize that Huff is the guy to, to run that offensive line and mold that offensive line on such a quick turnaround is, is, is speaks volumes to Kalen DeBoer. So. Yeah. And shouts to Ron McKeefrey too, because they went from being gigantic people that, uh, really struggled to move like 2022's version. Yeah. Uh, they slimmed those guys down. They went from being a really slow, big offensive line that couldn't really block anybody, especially when they were just running, um, you know, halfback dives the whole time, uh, to super athletic guys that are in the NFL now and are, are going to get paid a lot of money here very shortly. I he mean, look at the- good, just the, I mean, if you just look at the, the play that, sealed the Pac-12 championship is a is a toss sweep with with offensive linemen moving laterally and and making the blocks and and I mean it that speaks volumes in itself you couldn't have ran that three years ago dude there's nothing more attractive than Julius Bielo coming around the right side I <laughs> it it is terrifying and since he's on the team that I like I love it around the right side Whew. um so for today, you know, we we have this time between the Texas uh, Sugar Bowl matchup. We've had uh, a member of the media on to talk about it. We're going to give our take on it next week. Um, 
I, I thought, you know, during this time, there's a lot of great things going on. It would be really fun to kind of take a look back. Washington is playing Texas. Um, obviously, it's it's Sark. So what we decided to do was to try to put together a first team, second team uh, Washington Huskies roster from the time that Coach Sark took over till to present. So we're talking Sark guys, we're talking Peterson guys, we're talking Lake guys, and we're talking DeBoer guys. And, uh, you know, really looking at the list, we had some people um, chime in. So there's there's more guys that are uh, represented that, that are will be getting some honorable mentions. Um, so outside of the four of us, Roman Tomashoff uh, contributed. Big shouts to him. Um, we have uh, CFP Bound. He, he's a writer for the Daily. Um, Chest, uh, Hooligan, and uh, Hood Husky um, have all given me lists. Mike uh, Mike Martin has chimed in with some. Uh, so we got a really good list going on here. Um, uh, we're going to start it off, obviously, with the unanimous first team quarterback and everybody who turned it in so far. And I haven't heard coaches and I think I, I do have Leah's. Um, yep. It's unanimous outside of coach V and, uh, me. and you, yeah. uh, Mike Penix is our first team quarterback. I didn't do Mike coach. You did. Yes, absolutely. Um, I didn't think it was close. I'm Jake? the only one that did. I'm the only yeah. one that did. And I, the only reason that I didn't is because Jake Browning has also led a Washington team to a CFP and he did start for four years for Washington and he holds every record that could possibly be held under Washington football. So for that reason, I, so if you had to pick one right now, right now, I'd pick Michael Penix. That's not, that's not the discussion. And that's the beauty of this. I had a couple of people ask some clarifying questions. Is it their best one season? Is it the longevity of their career? And my answer was, whatever. Whatever yeah. you're... Well, one guy led the nation in passing two years in a row. So I, I went I went with the entire longevity of a career, I guess, is what I based my decision on. And and I think Jacob Browning, or Jake Browning's career is, to me, the most memorable. As of my, right now, if Michael, if my, sorry, if Michael okay. Penix wins the wins the Sugar Bowl, my answer flops. Gotcha. My answer really has to do with in a grunge time situation, whose hands do I want the football in to lead my team down the field to victory? And it's Michael Penix every single time. Um, yeah. yeah. Jake, who was so Penix was your number? Was your second team? No. Jeez. Yeah, I just wanted to see what you guys. Oh my like. god, that was <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. was it Siler Miles, Jake? What are you doing? Uh, it was. Oh. It was totally worth it. I should have. Hey. I should have taken a picture. Petition for a new host, Siler Miles. Holy cow! Good um, Lord. So, uh, Jake Browning was my uh, was my second team, and he was almost unanimous. Uh, Hood, but did put Keith Price, and that was the other one that I would have considered as well. Your guys' take on the quarterbacks? Spot on. Yeah, I, I think that either way, um, you could make an argument for both. I mean, 
I think Michael Penix is what have you done for me lately? His, his last two years have been absolutely incredible and you cannot take it away from him. If you voted for him, um, I, I'm the only one that went for Browning and uh, under understandably, um, but uh, uh, both quarterbacks have had fantastic careers for the university of Washington. Yeah. I had, uh, I had Browning his 2016 season uh, as number two. And um, for our honorable mention, I put Jake Locker. Yeah. Because I know Keith Price is uh, is definitely the other guy you could have put in there. But considering what Jake did coming into the program, there was four big-time recruits in the state. He's the only one that stayed home. He yeah. put up with Tyrell Willingham <laughs> and a team that had not a lot of NFL talent around him. And he wasn't perfect, but the dude was as tough as nails. And uh, he provided us with a lot of hope kind of going in and, and Sark kind of lifting up the program a little bit. And uh, without yeah. Jake um, staying that extra year, you know, who knows, uh, who where, knows where they go because they finally got back to a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like I was just going to say, uh, Locker is a coach at Ferndale High School, and so he's also uh, been able to pay it forward to UW because we've sent he sent a lot of kids from Ferndale High School to the University of Washington under his coaching, also. And you know, Keith Price, he's one of those what could have been if he had a really good offensive line. Mm-hmm. We saw what he did in the Alamo Bowl, where after that, that was you know, it, KP1, uh, kind of looking at maybe a Heisman campaign and it just never was able to get off the ground. He was just under duress so much. Uh, I wonder what any of those quarterbacks look like under the previous two, you know, that 2016 offensive line was there's the, I mean, spoiler alert, the offensive line is littered with 2022, 2023 guys and 2016 guys. So uh, those, those are a couple of guys mixed in there as well, but those groups made life really easy for these quarterbacks and running backs. And it's, there's, you know, that's why the other skill players are, um, you know, here, you know, Jake Browning, he, he owes it a lot to his offensive line as does Michael Penix. Michael Penix is almost never touched. Um, Keith price really had to battle as did Jake Locker. Um, running back. Uh, Miles Gaskin is my first team and, uh, Leah's mouth is agape. <laughs> Only because every other time we talk about a running back who is not currently with the program, it's always talking about my, you know, my guy, number one, Chris Polk. I'm shocked. He's my number two. Okay. Yep. I, I have, I have, I have DJ on my second team just because I, I fell for the, what have you done for me lately moment? This uh, <laughs> is, his game, his game winning run against Oregon, uh, his thousand yard season. To I put a, I put a lot of 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 the reason why we're going to the CFP on Dylan Johnson. Um, mm. He carried us when our offense was bad and not moving the ball, and uh, he won us a lot of games. So I, I, I absolutely think he deserves a second team. I echo that. Oh, I, um, I have uh, Miles Gaskin. Because he had three straight, uh, three straight, four straight, three straight, twelve hundred yard seasons. Um, I have him one. He's he's a monster. Um, he did it for. I mean, he started for four years, and he was productive for four years, and he was borderline all American type producer. Uh, number two, 
I have Chris Polk. Yeah. And, uh, Bishop Sankey got one um, first place vote uh, from Chest, which I think if you're having a conversation about running backs, it revolves around those three and really four now with uh, Dylan Johnson entering that. I don't think I, <laughs> I love Jake going with uh, going with the hot hand who just, you know, really <laughs> catapulted Washington into the national championship. Um, but I had Sankey as three. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. I, I, the, the only reason I couldn't vote for Chris Polk is because he's the only one on the list that single-handedly lost us the bowl game. Don't you dare, Jake. I, t- tell me I'm wrong. Stop it, dude. No, they tell lost because wrong. the defense gave up a million <laughs> points. <laughs> okay, that's the second reason. Oh, my was. God. Oh. Jake, what are you doing? Oh, Jake. <laughs> You are becoming everybody's enemy. <laughs> Trevor's triggered right now. Woo! I, look, okay. I think about I think about that fumble, and I, yeah, that's that's one of the worst plays. Like one of the plays that hurts me the most in my career is watching as a Husky fan. Um, is that play because he was so good all year, and the defense was so bad that that was it. I mean, at the end of the day, it was just an Alamo Bowl. <laughs> it's not like it yeah, but was... just an Alamo Bowl to what was that? Two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah, That's, that was huge. Yeah, against the Heisman winner. Yeah, I get it. But... All right, <clears throat> another spot that has a ton of guys that you could pick. That's why I put three first teamers here. Uh, was receiver, um, Jake. I've been loving your pick so far. Why don't you go first? First team, I have uh, Rome, Jalen McMillan. I threw in first team just because of the body of his career has been fantastic. And then I also threw in John Ross as my other first teamer. Um, John Ross's numbers were stupid. You can't argue against John Ross's numbers. His ability on the field, what he did for that offense in 2016 is a big reason why he took them to the playoffs. Um, Second team, I lost him. Uh, second team, I have Dante Pettis, uh, Jermaine Curse, and Cason Williams. I love Cason Williams. Coach, and that's you why I put him on second team is for you, Trevor. I appreciate that. So I was thinking, like, do I go with outside receivers? Do I separate them from slot receivers? You know, that type of deal. I have Rome, number one, John Ross on the first team, and another outside receiver who was vastly underrated, uh, Jermaine Curse. Um, for that time, for that period, for the talent they had around them, it was basically Locker, Curse, yep. and a couple other guys on that offense. They they're working with the subpar offensive line for the most part. A blind uh, Jermaine Curse. Yeah, and I mean, he's just one of those guys. He was high school All American, come out of Lakes. He ended up uh, playing with the Seahawks for a long time. Um, then I thought, all right, if I'm going to put somebody in the slot, it's going to be Jalen McMillan, and then I had Jaden Mickens in there. Yeah, I thought about Jadon too. You know, he he tried to coin the the phrase the Legion of Zoom. Legion of Zoom. All those quick guys. Before John Ross became John Ross, he was a part of that group as well. And Dante Pettis wasn't really a slot receiver, but I, I kind of just shoehorned him in there with the return game as well. Obviously, he's an NCAA record holder. Dude was money. He caught just about everything that was thrown to him, and he was always open. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Rome? Jalen and then John Ross as your slot receiver. Good night. Have, have a day. 
I think Mike Penix would have thrown for 6,000 yards. <laughs> and he would have won the Heisman twice this year. In one year? Yeah. <laughs> they would have, like, come out with a second award. Just for the receiving core? The, the big Penix Energy Award? <laughs> <laughs> Leo, what do you got? I, for my wide receiver one, I am a huge Dante Pettis fan. He was my favorite player when he played for UW. So he was my number one, followed by Rome and John Ross. They were my wide receiving core. And then for my backups, um, I put, I would have liked to put post LASIK Jermaine Curse. Yeah. If I'm being honest. But yeah, Jermaine Curse. <laughs> um, it's amazing because he used to make the spectacular plays all the time, but the routine plays. He always had better figures for us. So that's why he's on the second team for me. And then I'm going to put some of our current guys on my second team. I'm going to put Jalen McMillan and JP on my second team. Yeah. Um, Hooligan put JP uh, and McMillan on his first team. He he just went over the top three and you, I don't, I don't disagree. It's a really good. So he has the first team is 2023 receiver. Uh, let me, let me make sure I didn't just lie to you, but yeah. Um. Yep. Gonna, yep. You can argue the point, no matter. No, what. you absolutely can. This, the The body of work over the last two years has been uh, unbelievable, and the way that those three play off of each other and and highlight each other's strengths, you could see what it was like when all three of them were in the game. Go ahead, coach. And I tried to also take into account that none of these other earlier versions of UW football had this offensive system, this coaching staff all the pieces together, NFL wide receivers with an NFL quarterback, with NFL offensive linemen and NFL running back. Um, the built-in advantages for this team make it really easy for you to put just Polk and everybody else on there on the first team. And I, I you can defend these points, but these other guys, you know, deserve. Yeah, what would John Ross be in a, they were working with in a, a lot of system? But I mean, 2016 you could you could look at you could look at that team that has two nfl tackles on it yeah. with nick harris which is an nfl center with john ross and dante pettis who both played wide receiver in the nfl with miles gaskins who's are still in the nfl it, it that that offense was was front loaded with nfl talent too i would and, say that the system was different though and i would yeah. also say that 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 offense under chris peterson was a one-year wonder a hundred percent, but at at the time that we're watching that year with Chris Peterson, ninety was the common denominator there? Are, are are calling Coach Peterson the new dog father, and and we're thinking of Chris Peterson in the same light that we're thinking of Kalen DeBoer right now at the time in two thousand sixteen, weren't we? No, at that time that was the pinnacle of offense. Like we hadn't seen yeah. that level of offense in in years and years and years. And right, I thought that was going to roll over to 2017, and it just didn't click. Yeah, because the coach who was really making sure it was innovative ended up in Corvallis. Yeah, yeah. Who everybody thought was a terrible offensive coordinator mm -hmm. when he was first there, yeah. and they everybody bashed him. And I was critical of him at times, but at the same time, I was like, you know. It's kind of like when you, when people complain about coordinators with the Seahawks, the head coach steers mm -hmm. the narrative. All right. Yeah, it got worse. It got worse when he left. Yeah, Progressively worse. For all of his his positives, um, sort of held our offense back on more than one occasion. 
So, yeah, it's tough to, you know, we, I knew this was going to be like the most contested position in this whole thing. It really was. And I even cheated. My my first team is, I think it's exactly what Leah's was with Rome, Ross, and Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have McMillan, JP. And then um, because I thought this up, I put two extra guys in. I put a slash in there uh, <laughs> for a half up for Casey yeah. Williams and Jadon Mickens. I... <laughs> Uh, Jadon Mickens, I, I think the thing that gets lost with him is um, he was the guy that I think offensively really bridged the gap between uh, the Sark players mm. and wow. the buy-in to the Peterson um, coaching staff. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. He he was the, he was the first player on that team to buy into the Peterson staff and uh, kind of led the way as far as buying into that entire system. So I, I hold him in a very high regard. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason that I, and, and, and Jadon did cross my mind as far as second team goes, I only had one spot left and it was the same. <laughs> view. It was a toss up between Kaysen and Jadon. And uh, the only reason I picked Kaysen is because I knew him personally and, and, and I loved watching him in high school and I loved watching Watching his ability as an athlete, I, I I just appreciate his. I don't think his numbers were even as good as Jadon's, but I just thought, you know, uh, that was a, just a personal choice. I he guess. also has like one of the most iconic uh, pictures in, yeah, in yeah, Husky absolutely. history, jumping yeah. over that. I, I have that T-shirt somewhere still. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And Jake, I was the opposite. I was fighting between um, Mickens and and him and Kaysen, and I was just like, well. I mean, just throw it, throw it up in the air and see which right. one was in your hand. Mm-hmm. And Payson, unfortunately, had that really, oh. you know, tough injury against Cal. The guy rolled up on his ankle on that deep ball, and he was just never quite a hundred percent after that. Because I mean, his trajectory to that point was just up, up, up. Yeah, it was him and like DeAndre Hopkins, wasn't it? Like the top two receivers in the nation, their freshman year. Was it DeAndre Hopkins from Clemson? Gosh, I don't remember. I think it was. I think him and Kaysen were on on the same warpath together. Their freshman Kaysen, year, Kaysen won one of those National Player of the Year awards. Um, yeah, he was a freak. Uh, tight end, a place where there's a ton of guys to pick from. This one was really, really hard. Um, and there were, for the most part it was people putting one player in over the other. It's almost totally split. So it's going to come down to coach Jake and Leah here on, on how it breaks. Um, I had Kate Otten as first team and I had ASJ as second team. Um, Hooligan has the opposite of me. Uh, uh, Hood has the opposite of me. Uh, the, the UW daily has the opposite of me. So maybe it's not as, um, uh, go ahead, coach. I am shaking with anger right now. No, I'm not. Um, (laughs) if you don't have ASG as number one, um, sorry. Um, he was the freak of all freaks. He played a little bit before the sweet spot in Husky football. If he had played in this offense, he might have been a third thousand yard receiver. Yeah. But number two, I know Kate Otten is 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 very recent and he had some nice plays, especially in that 2020 season. 
where they just ran Dylan Morris in that bootleg and he was open like every single time. And he's doing really well in the NFL. But Hunter Bryan is number two. No. Uh, and Hunter yeah, you're Bryan not the only is one that number did two. Bryan. You cannot argue that. I'm sorry. I can't argue that. You're, you're going Bryan. strictly Hunter, on receiving tight ends. Hunter Bryan had a, he's a, tight Hunter end. Bryan had a case of the drops. You're going to hate my third one. Well, I can't wait. By all means. SJ, clear number one. Argue with your mama about that. I don't care. Hunter Bryan is number two because he on that on that 2017 team after John Ross left, I went I flew up to Seattle for the Cal game to watch them unveil young freshman Hunter Bryant dominating against Cal. Hands amazing, athleticism perfect. The Rose Bowl, where I witnessed him on that side of the field jump up. And one hand the ball over yeah. an Ohio State defender like he was nothing, almost a 900-yard receiver that year, or it was the year after, I cannot but remember. Coach, then, Jimmy, Lake, Jimmy Lake called Kate Otten a six-star uh, prospect. If that's your reference, man, <laughs> we, might have to, we might have to change this whole thing up. And the third one will make no sense to anybody but me, but that 2006 team relied heavily on their offensive line and their extra lineman, Will Disley. Yep. He also got a vote. Will freaking Disley, yep. who is still playing in the league. Yep. He was a dominant run blocker. And finally in his senior season, especially that coming out game against Utah, where he showed the entire world on ESPN that, oh yeah, I can run down the seam and catch the ball. Yep. Dominant, 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 the best run blocking, best pass blocking tight end that we had seen in the program since Mark frickin' Bruner. Have we found Coach's trigger point? <laughs> Coach can't wait position to I played in high school. Go, but I think, I, I think Coach is going to love my picks. <laughs> Jake, yeah. Jake's definitely putting Jack West over in. Go ahead, Leah. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Just I would love to just trigger Coach right now because we, we love to trigger Jake. We love to, you know, crap on Jake, but Sometimes it's fun to mix it up. Um, I have Kate Otten as my number one. I feel like um, he really single-handedly, he probably saved Jimmy Lake's bacon in the 2020 year, honestly, single-handedly. Because without him, we're not beating Utah. We're not coming back from that game. Um, he's got just incredible paws. He's also a really great blocker. Um, so I, I love Kate Otten. And I am going to echo what Coach just said. I think that, Will Disley is one of those like amazing stories that he comes in at one position, he switches to the other, and then he becomes an amazing player in the NFL at the second position. And it's really cool that he's also a Seahawk. So Disley Dog is my backup. Second team, Kate Otten. Uh, the guy never drops the ball and doesn't wear receiver gloves. Uh, that's my favorite. And he had a neck roll. Jake loves a good neck roll. Best best tight end in in the history. Uh, my first team is not even a tight end. Trevor called it. I'm going to go with Jack Westover just because of the plays that that guy constantly makes, the run blocking that he does, the immaculate catches in the most serious crunch time that he could possibly be in with with the ball millimeters off the ground against your arch rival making the most incredible catches, Jack Westover. Give me all the money. <laughs> uh, the only guy that didn't get a, a vote that deserves recognition also would be Drew Sample. 
Um, he was obviously a second round pick. He was him and Will Disley. That was a, a really dangerous tight end room. I was just going to say he is a double alumni for me because I too went to Newport High School. So he is a Newport to UW portal. So yes, go Knights, go dogs. Does that mean yeah. I get to oh, go? Go ahead. I agree with that. He's, he was tough to leave off. Um, offensive line, and we didn't go by um, positions. We just went with, you know, five five guys who played. Um, I do have uh, – I have four tackles in a center. Um, Troy Fatanu, Caleb McGarry, Sino Calamente, Trey Adams. And uh, this one, I put him on for future uh, – hardware that he's going to earn for the uh for the program and that's Parker Brailsford. I don't think I've seen I've never seen a center come in and do what he did uh that early and um I know that we have coach on here who's a big fan of him but going from <laughs> you know a three-star seemingly undersized kid to the best center in the conference uh in year 1 as a redshirt freshman and then Texas fans dunking on him. I just can't wait to see him play in that game. And I can't wait to see him for the next two years. I, have, I think I heard you correctly. Did you did you say Sinio Calamante? Can you give me your, your five one more time? Troy Fatanu, Caleb McGarry, Sinio uh, Calamante, Trey Adams, and um, Parker Brailsford. You stole my list. That's my, <laughs> that's, that's my first team exactly. Is it really? Swear to I, God. I, I think you need to let Coach go first because you're constantly stealing his like his game day <laughs> picks, and now you're stealing his first team offensive line. I think I think you know? a lot of us probably have a lot of the same players. Uh, I have Trey Adams, uh, Nick Harris, Troy Fatanu. Uh, I actually put Parker Brailsford in my first team also, but then I, in my other my last spot in my first team, I picked Jackson Kirkland. Mm. So, Coach, we know yours. Leah, what's yours? Um, I put Nick Harris as, like, one of my – I love the his swag and his silliness, which Coach Pete did not always like, but I was a huge fan. Um, Caleb McGarry, hashtag EMFA. Um, Trey Adams, Trey Fautanu, and I'm going to go with Parker Brailsford, too. He, he's got such an upside. I cannot wait to see what he does in the, the rest of his time in football and bold. All right, Coach. For for a second team, go ahead. Let's see if we we keep this train moving. All right, man. I got Jackson Kirkland. I've got Roger Rosengarden. I snuck uh, Luke Wattenberg in there because that dude played <sighs> left tackle. He played guard. He played center. Um, wherever they kind of needed him to. Um, I have Nick Harris, and I have. Now here's the thing. I don't really have a third team, but I have a three way tie here. It's Henry, Bainavalu. I have Coleman Shelton, who is still playing the NFL at center. And Ryan Tolar, 09, was about the only offensive lineman in those days who was getting any kind of conference recognition whatsoever. So Trevor was close. You were close. What, four out of five? Um, yeah, if you count. So I had Harris, Jackson, Roger, uh, Coleman Shelton, and then Jake Camp is the one that you didn't have. Yeah. 
I uh I'm a little bit off of you guys. My second team, I had a couple of your guys' first teams on. I have uh Rosengarten, uh Kelamete, Kalepo, McGarry, and, and Coleman Shelton on my second team. Um I mean those were those were basically the guys. <laughs> uh Drew Schaefer also made a list. Um, so did Mac Micah Hatchie. So um there's been some really good players. And unfortunately, and, and this this really sucks about this program, there's two guys on here at least that ha- had first-round talent that got injured uh, late in their careers that forced them with Trey Adams to retire early. And I don't believe Jackson Kirkland's on a roster right now, is he? But, I mean, he went from a first-round grade to, um, you know, a, a – a free agent signing. Um, okay. So that does it for our, um, for our first team offense defense. There's some, there's some really tough. There's about 10 guys at some of these positions that you could go with. Um, but we'll start with, uh, my favorite defensive line, the interior, my, my first, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Okay. You have Greg Gaines. Yeah. (laughs) Is it Thule? No. Ah, is Thule's it second team? Is it Danny Shelton? Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Oh, oh, you did three. Shoot, I only did two. Um, uh, I don't know the third. Levi on was Rike. Okay, on your first. Yeah. Okay. Coach. So, uh, for the interior, I've got Vita number one, Danny Shelton number two, and. For my first team, I went back and forth on this. It was uh, Greg Gaines slightly over Alameda Ta'amu. Yeah. Who slides to number two. And I got Levi Anzuorke. And then I threw a general defensive lineman in there, the underrated Andrew Hudson, who was Oh, yeah. And then came back for one more year and had like 10 and a half sacks. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my first team, I actually put Alameda on my first team. Um, call me a sucker for people that I actually know. And just uh, an all around good dude. Yeah. He, we've interviewed him a couple of times and he is uh, probably my favorite guest recurring guest that we've ever had. Um, I loved watching him play. Uh, I have Thule on my first team and I have Greg Gaines on my first team. You'll have Vita Vea off your first team. Oh. Yeah, I know. You know what? I'm not the hero that you need. I'm the hero that you want. That's all. <laughs> not sure I want it. Yeah. Maybe it's, I have, maybe it's the I other have, way around. <laughs> I have Vita and Greg Gaines and Danny Shelton as my top three. And then uh Tuli is my second. I, I started a second and then I um I got distracted, so he was on my second, but I didn't. I missed them the last two. Yeah, and 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 if I wasn't such a sucker for Alameda, the Vita would have been on my first team, and I he's on my second with Danny Shelton and Levi. So, well, I mean, you can't go wrong with any six of those guys in that rotation. Alameda was also a shining star on some very dark teams. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, and and played in the NFL for yep. quite a while. Yep. I have a quick story about Alameda. My first year, uh, 2007, that summer I moved down to Florida 
And after the football season was kind of coming to an end for high school season, uh, the Orange Bowl was about to get torn down and they were having one last high school all-star game was there. And I looked at the rosters and I saw the kid from Seattle, Rainier Beach, Alameda Ta'amu, no was going to be playing in this all-star game. So I, I begged my buddy to uh, drive down to Miami so we could go to this, this crappy high school all-star game so I could see the, the kid who was going to UW. That's so awesome. It was fun, though. Um, he leads my second team. Uh, then I have Danny Shelton, two leads the two of Gasanoa, and um, my my right in pick uh, is Sam Taimani. Yeah, I like Sam too. All he all he does is lose to Washington when he transfers to Oregon. Yeah. Hey, say what you want about him, but he always delivered. I <laughs> I I actually really liked him when he was at Washington. Uh, the other one that's getting a lot of uh. That got a lot of votes was uh, um, Elijah Qualls. Yeah, he was tough to leave off. Um, Edge, man, it felt like there's three people for two spots. Um, Coach, you're. I, I want you to go first. Go ahead. There's actually like four or five guys for a couple spots, and I cheated. I I had three slots, and I stuck four guys in there. So you go oh. figure that one out. Especially when there was only two listed, but cool. That is only legal in other countries, foreign nations. <laughs> well, it's, no, listen, it's because you guys have daylight savings and I don't. Uh, I'm an hour later, so I get I get a little leeway with that. Love it. That's um, that's your reasoning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen, so, it's sound, sound reasoning. Science, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so getting business here. Paoli Kikaha, formerly known as Mr. Jamora. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That final season he had was insane. Unbelievable. The fact that 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 young, talented team around him wasn't there yet, like Danny wasn't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. He was a freshman. You know, they just – you know, and they played in that cactus bowl and I went down there and thought this was going to be a fun experience. And I froze my ass off at Sun Devil <laughs> Stadium watching us get beat by Oklahoma State. But Taha was a dominant, dominant, dominant mm-hmm. season. You know, that guy had a, just a great year. Um, Daniel Teo Nesheim uh, was one of the best players uh, of that, that time. Uh, so I had to kind of like, you put him on there, and I know that you could move him from tackle to defensive end to edge, whatever. Um, Braylon Trice nudges Joe Tryon. Yep. Because of the sustained, you know, the last two years have just been big time. But Joe was was right there. Yep. So for me, it's Kakaha, Daniel Tielnesheim, Trice, slash Joe Tryon. Man, yeah, good call on the day, Daniel Tielnesheim, too. Um, Leah, what do you got on that one? I stuck to the rules, and I yeah, I'm putting our guys this year in. I'm putting my guys ETF and Braylon Trice, or you know what? I'm gonna actually put Traylon Bryce. <laughs> Shout out to my dad. Dude, so, dad. Yeah, um, those guys have just been there forever. They're an amazing tag team. Love them playing off each other. Um, I love ETF's moments this year. And Braylon's had a really solid second half of the season. And they've just, he gets held, as Coach has said, like minimum 10 times a game. And it never gets called. So, um, shouts to Braylon. And Braylon actually was talking about 
why Troy is so deserving of the offensive lineman of the year because he has to play up against him every single day in practice. So I love the way our guys build up each other. And um, yeah, Braylon seems like it's just a really great kid. Jake? Yeah, I have Braylon Trice and, and Kakaha on my first team. I mean, those those two are... Yep, me too. They're they're iconic as far as edge edge rushers go, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if this is allowed for my second team, but I put Joe Tryon and then I put Travis Feeney. Is that going to work, Coach? Coach, and Coach, he is a linebacker more than yeah. A... You know what? I I couldn't decide because he was an outside linebacker. Right. He, he had eight sacks one year. Um, I put him in the linebacker group, but okay. I don't fault you for putting him there at all. Uh, Hood Husky also has Travis Feeney on the second team as an edge rusher. Okay, I'm going to keep it then. So I'm gonna... big, big ups there. Dude that started as a safety, by the way. Yeah, yeah, little. I saw a picture of him earlier when he was listed as a safety his freshman year. I was like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. He, was... he looked he looked like Merton Hanks from the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> um, second team, the the one that I've – obviously Joe Tryon's on there. The one that hasn't been mentioned yet, uh, and I didn't see anybody – mention him on here was Joe Mathis. Yeah. Um, I think if Joe Mathis doesn't get hurt in 2016, uh, right. along with Azeem Victor, that is a different story heading into uh, the Peach Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was so, so good. And uh, <sighs> they just didn't have the depth to to replace him. And, and it was a sore thumb for the rest of the year. Joe Mathis was not going to change the outcome of the peach bowl. I agree with you that it was a big hit and that, that. Well, he... I, I tell tell me the combination of, of Azeem Vicker, a guy in the middle that's, that's going to be a run stopper plus Joe Mathis on the outside dealing with, uh, was it Jalen hurts or yeah, it was Jalen hurts. I, I, I love, I love Azeem Victor and, and he's on one of my lists, but there's no way that he was stopping the run that day. There's no way that any team in the nation was stopping the run against Alabama that day. They ran through the SEC. That team was big. They were powerful that there, there wasn't a defense that was going to stop Alabama. I'm, I, I think Joe Mathis is great. I don't think he would have made any difference in that. That's all. That's my only point. As weird as your comment earlier about the Chris Polk fumble being the turning point in the Alamo Bowl, <laughs> the John Ross fumble in that game completely changed yep. the complexion of that game, and we were still in it. Yep. But I still think the more depth you have and the more the more bullets you have give you a chance in a game like that. Doesn't mean we would have won, but no. But I mean, it, it, they came down to there was a John Ross fumble. There was the interception by Jake Browning. The and two then, ridiculously long runs by Scarborough, Scarborough yep. all missed. Everybody missed tackles yep. were the, the backbreaker. Yep. Um, linebackers, Leah. Linebacker, I I was looking through the conference records and I saw that Kikaha was a linebacker, so I put him in there and not edge. Yeah. So that, was um, that weird time there. where uh, the Peterson staff put edge rushers at outside linebackers. They're well, both three four yeah. defense, right? Or Buck, right? Yeah. So I have uh, Kikaha and I have kind of an underrated guy who really cleaned up in the Sark era and probably underrecognized and is actually killing it as a coach. I put Court Dennison in there. You're not the only one. Yeah. Great. Yeah. A couple other guys have Court in there as well. Nice pick. We're going two linebackers or three? I did three. Okay. (laughs) 
It's okay, Leah. I thought that was just like coach. Whatever you give, coach is gonna take one more. So I just think it was cheating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you got, Maybe coach? we should always give two. All right. So my linebacker core, it was this was tough. Yeah. Jack Thompson. Yep. Ben Burke Curvin. Yep. And Donald Butler. Oh yeah. Donald Butler was, in my eyes, the most prototypical looking middle linebacker on the on the face of the planet. Like he brought up old memories of like Lester Towns and and guys like that. Um, and my second team was Mason Foster, Keyshawn Bearia, and Travis Feeney slash Eddie Olafosio, because I couldn't really decide. You did add another one. <laughs> Travis Feeney was like, is he an edge? Is he an outside linebacker? But if I had to go, I would say Travis Feeney would be the third guy in that second team. There's a reason that we make rules. So you have to make this. I'm seat. just explaining my thought process. <laughs> I didn't want to like, we, leave We Eddie only make out. rules. We make rules so coach can break them, Jake, yeah. just yeah. so you know. Yeah. Listen, it's been a long season, and uh, I'm just going to – I'm just gonna Coach woke up right and now. chose violence. Your, <laughs> your words don't don't phase me whatsoever. Look, I'm he's a teacher that's had to there. teach this week. There's nothing that you could say that could hurt him. Today was our last day. So, oh, my God. Yeah. I've been off all week. Yeah. So Mason Foster, Keyshawn, and Travis Feeney are my second team. Nice. Got my it. first team is Shaq Thompson, Keyshawn Bieri, and BBK. Uh, and then I have Azim Victor, Eddie, and Mason Foster. And then Carson have... Bruner's going to be on there at the, by the end of his career. Carson Bruner's on my list. Oh, right let's now. go, Jake. Uh, first team, Azim Victor, Eddie Ulufusio, uh, Ben Burkirvan. Um, Traditional middle linebackers that racked up a ton of tackles. Um, I, I love them. Uh, Coach stole my pick with Donald Butler. Um, everybody gives a lot of other people credit during a bad time in Washington football history. Donald Butler on defense was that person. He was the guy that solidified um, a bad time in Washington football and and kept that thing rolling and 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 go, got Washington to a better place. He and Mason uh, together, man. They were yeah. just amazing. Yeah, right. Uh, Keyshawn Bierra is my other second teamer. And then third is Carson Bruner. Yeah, you're thinking, yeah, why don't you put Mason Foster, Shaq Thompson, or a guy like Jackson Sermon in there? Well, you know why? Because Carson Bruner is the next guy in line, and he will be there by next year. And Trevor, did you catch who I just threw in as a name in there? I did. Your guy, Jackson Sermon. I don't know why you did that. Honorable man. <laughs> I don't I... <laughs> Trevor loves Jackson. He's been a really good player for Cal. I was just gonna say, are you putting the Cal years in there? Yeah, he's been <laughs> yeah. fine for Cal. All those tackles he's racked up there. <laughs> he did have a neck roll. That's why Jake chose him. Jake loves a good neck roll. Yeah. I do love a good neck roll. However, Jackson did not deserve the neck roll when he Oof. was wearing it. Did you make your wife wear a neck roll down the aisle? I wore, <laughs> I wore a neck roll when I played football. That's why I have a soft spot for him. Okay, this is the toughest position group, uh, and it's not close. Uh, of any of the positions, there's more than six players deserving of this spot, uh, and you can argue any of them being in the number one spot on the first team. Um, Leah, what's your what's your first team cornerback? So you had two spots. 
on the spreadsheet. So I'm guessing, well, I thought I saw two. So coach, it's going to get five. Um, <clears throat> I have, Don't make up for yours. I have, we ain't done yet as number one. And number two, I have my, my guy from Seahome High School, Mr. Taylor Rapp. So Marcus Peters, Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp was a safety. He was a safety. Well, that's what J-Cap told me. He's like, no, he was a corner. So shout out J-Cap. J-Cap lied to you. Yeah, J-Cap <laughs> definitely lied to you. Shout out to J-Cap the liar. Put, put the cap in J-Cap. Uh, well, <laughs> no cap. No cap. No can't cap. Spell, well, can't, can't spell cap without L-I-E. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, yeah. I will, I will blame myself on that, but anyway. That's that's, that's, that's a good one. And, and that's especially your uh the first guy that you mentioned what a what a cool arc to have him you know back representing washington um coach you were you were right next to him say it again you were right next to him at the at the call at the uh pac-12 championship or was that somebody else not me that might have been somebody on one of the other podcasts but um having him you know ask to not be put into the promotional stuff just a few years ago to where he's at now. Like, you know, and he was, he was the first real lockdown guy, um, him and Marcus Trufant or, or uh, Desmond Trufant, excuse me. Uh, Coach, what do you got? All right. If we're going to go three corners on the first team, it's going to be Trent McDuffie without a doubt. He might be the, the best cover guy in the NFL right now. No, I'm serious. He might be. When yeah, you watch you're right. He's, he's stuck to anybody he's covering. Um, he's the best cover corner we've had in the program in years. Um, second, uh, Byron Murphy, because of just the fact that he was a killer for the couple of years he was a starter. He's gone on to, you know, he, he won us a Pac-12 championship. Yes, game. he did. He... Just absolutely destroyed Britton Covey, legend. Interception in the snow in at Wazoo. Yep, one of the best his, pictures. His first game as a as a starter, he had that big game on the road at Rutgers to start off the 2017 season. He just, I saw him play a little bit at Saguaro High School down here. He was the best receiver in the state and the best defensive player in the state in the same year. Yeah. So third. I had to go with Desmond Trufant over Marcus Peters just because Desmond played four years and was our best by far yeah. secondary guy. But as far as just overall, like the size, the length, the ability to get into a guy, uh, Marcus Peters, you can't argue with that either, but I, you got to make a decision here. So my first team is, is Trufant over Peters. I can bump Peters down to second team, but then I got to kick out Sidney Jones or Kevin King because Kyler Gordon's going to be on that second team. Yeah. And then that just you can sucks. have two extras. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and Marcus Peters plus, it's, it's really good that he's back with, you know, rolling with Washington, but he left under some pretty crappy terms. Yep. And he did punch a coach, even if it was Jimmy Lake or shove a coach. Right. So my second team is Kyler Gordon. How history repeats itself. Sydney and Sydney Jones. Yeah, mine. I went uh, and and we can we can debate this if you want. But my first off is Trent McDuffie. Uh, my second, he's one of those. 
<clears throat> I didn't know whether to put him at safety or corner just because he he did so much, especially in the middle of the field. I went with Elijah Molden. God dang it. Uh, and then uh, Byron Murphy is as the third in my top, uh, my top, my, my first team. Second team, I went Desmond, um, Kyler Gordon. Those were the easy ones. And then it was Sidney Jones, Kevin King. I went Sidney Jones just because what he, he just locked down the side of the field. Um, one of the ones that I think honestly probably would have been there if it wasn't for that leg injury. Um uh, is Jordan Miller. I thought Jordan Miller was going to be, he was really, really good before that injury and he came back and he was still really good. But before that injury, I thought he was going to be the best cornerback Washington had ever had. I'm so glad you said that. I was at that game and I almost cried for him. Yeah. It was gross. I, it was terrible. And he still came back. And, and was it, what, what was it? The, was it the championship game? when they went his way for a big game and then they went right back to the well and uh, he picked it off. Yeah. Who was that against? Was, was that, um, I don't remember who, who it was against. I bet you Buffy knows. Anyhow, Jake, what's yours? Uh, first team, Sidney Jones, Trent McDuffie, and he stole my Elijah Molden pick. Yeah. Um, Sidney Jones, for the reason that, like you said, he locked down an entire side, uh, same as McDuffie and Elijah Molden. I've never seen a slot corner or corner play the run or screen pass as well as Elijah Molden did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I ever saw him miss a tackle, um, especially in the backfield. That guy was an absolute maniac. He was so good. Um, second team, I went Kevin King, Keith Taylor. And Jabbar Muhammad, because Jabbar is has constantly gone against a top guy all season long, and we're not cursing his name. I really I like this thing that he does. Yes. Did we get everybody? We got everybody's okay. Last position, the safety. Um, that is also one where there's a lot of really good names, and uh, I've actually. I've changed mine since I wrote mine down, um, but there, cause there's some just really great names in here. Um, my first team is Buda Baker and Taylor Rapp. I think those two Buda Baker changed the trajectory. <laughs> Coach V's shocked at my, uh, at my top two, obviously Buda Baker not only was a fantastic player, but he also really changed the trajectory um, flipping from Oregon to Washington uh, and really starting the momentum that has gotten us to where we are. Jake. Go ahead with somebody else. Sorry. Um, my second team, Miles Bryant and Dominic Hampton. Uh, the one that was really hard to leave off was uh, Sean Parker. I really liked him as well. Um, coach. Um, my first two safeties are obviously Buddha and Buddha and Taylor Rapp. Um, I don't think you could pick anybody else. Um, I put Elijah Molden in the in a, in a, in. I couldn't put him as a corner because he never really played corner. He was more of a nickel. Yeah. He was like, if we had the Husky position back then, that's right. what he played. So I, I just, I, I broke my rule. I broke your rules and I put Elijah Molden as Fair. the nickel. Him and him and Miles Bryant are nickel. Him and Miles yeah. Bryant are the only nickels there. Um, so Buddha and Taylor Rapp. And then I have Sean Parker and JoJo McIntosh hmm. at strong safety. And we that, have the same. We have the same first team. Put Dom on there. 
So yeah, we have the same first team, but I went uh Jojo McIntosh and, and Psalm Wuching on my second team. Ooh. I I like Psalm Wuching a lot. Psalm Wuching, the edge player? Was it, he played safety too? No, he never No? Played. Did he Long play outside? Did he play he played rugby? Are you thinking of rugby? God, I could have swore he played a little bit of safety, but maybe I'm wrong. That's He's all right. The wrong name. Now me and Leah have both misjudged <laughs> positions and it's allowed. That's okay. Hey, That's why don't you why don't you try to slide uh, Peyton Henry in there while you're at it? <laughs> at at free safety. Yeah, at free safety. Okay. The uh the one that he he played at BYU, right? <laughs> Inside joke, but yeah. Okay, fine. I'll change to Dom Hampton. There you go. Hey, there we go. Leah, what do you got? I've got Buda Baker. He's always a soft spot in my heart when you flip Morgan to Washington and you complete the first pass from Justin Herbert. So he's a soft spot in my heart for that for Buda Baker. <laughs> That's right. Wait for it. I was like, oh, where's is Trevor going to get it? I got it. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I've got JoJo McIntosh. I feel like he laid the wood down on so many hits. There was a tweet that Dante wrote. And like maybe the, the day after he got, uh, JoJo got ejected from uh, Utah. And he said something like, never forget the day when JoJo McIntosh was ejected for a legal hit. <laughs> just like trolling JoJo. So I, I love JoJo McIntosh. He was just so much fun to watch. He also ended that Oregon run when he destroyed Royce Freeman. Um, oh boy. Yeah. There's a lot of really good ones. Um, uh alex cook just for one play yeah alex cook i mean i don't think you have 2023 without the way that alex cook played um, i got an honorable mention that nobody else will mention victor Iwa. yeah right the killer he played on some really bad teams but he beat the crap out of a lot of people lots of really good names it was nice going down memory lane with you guys uh go ahead leah do we have to have a special teams person? Oh, yeah, yeah, kicker. Or special teams in general? Just like a gun, like like a gunner or a, who's your favorite long snapper? My favorite special teams player has got to be uh, Dante Pettis. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. You already picked him, so. I know, he's on my, he's on my team twice. Come at me, bro. <laughs> you get no argument out of me. Yeah. That's so freaking aggressive, Leah. Um, is it too is it too early to put Tristan Dunn on there? Ooh, I like that. Carson Bruner or freshman Eddie Ulufoshio. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag Grady Gross. Yeah, what about kickers? Who's your favorite kicker? Peyton Henry. <laughs> I know Caleb's going to hate it, but Peyton Henry, the, the redemption story, got to go with Peyton. Travis Kuhn you could put yeah. in there. Except for the Apple this- Cup. Miss mm. oh, Kano for beating Utah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I still is remember it, that. Is it Grady Gross? He's just reliable. I know. Grady's just a pup right now, but he's getting there. He's working yeah. his way up. What about Cam Van Winkle? Solid. Eric Folk? Oh, oh, I got it. It's a little old. Go Jarzinka. <laughs> Joe the toe. That's not the. the That's era definitely not of. within the. Time I know it's not the era, but everybody's favorite. Everybody loved Joe Jarzinka. Everyone loves the Joe the toe. You're right. Right up to He's also 
like he was one of the nicest dudes. Yeah. Like Jake and I met him multiple times. I, I, most of my memories as, as a young pup in, in Husky stadium were, why does he not ever call fair catch? Coach no, yelled, coach, he got yelled at. It was incredible. He, yeah. I love, I loved him. I love Joe. So I'll, I'll shout out Joe Jarzenka for that one. I seriously um, just, just confused him with Joe Crawley for like two seconds. I want to apologize to the Jarzenka family. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we'll be back. We're going to talk about uh, early signing day at a later time, but, you know, enjoy this trip down memory lane. Um, You can send your first and second teams to Jake and uh, we'll talk about them over Christmas dinner. So for Trevor Mueller, coach V U W go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Husky nation. It's the end of the third quarter. Are you looking for the perfect tequila for your next get together? The answer is born from a hero hero de Leon. Direct from the prestigious Murguia family, just outside Guadalajara, honoring their great-grandfather who saved Mexico from a horrible civil war. It's authentic, courageous, with great integrity, just like the general. Enjoy the smoothest Blanco tequila you've ever tasted, or the rich flavor of our Reposado, aged for seven months in American bourbon barrels. Or the ultimate tequila, our Añejo, which is aged for 18 months in the same bourbon oak barrels. Go to your favorite liquor retailer or restaurant and ask for Hero de Leon because it's always the end of the third quarter. Imported by Zombie Beverages, Mercer Island, Washington.